Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how to's, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. This is Lindsay Maestas, and today I am talking about budgeting and how we invest our money. So my husband and I have flipped three homes, and we love investing. We love flipping. It's so much fun. Um, And we also own some rentals and are learning slowly what it means to invest and be wise with our money. We both are 30 years old now, so we have to adult (laughs) officially. Sometimes as not fun as it is, we are trying. And so I want to talk very quickly, but I want to talk about how we started investing our money at a young age, maybe for people who are getting out of college and are wanting to know what to do to be wise with their money or for people who may feel like they're behind and they just want to get caught up or try something new. So one of the quotes that I really love is by Dave Ramsey. And it says, if you will live like no one else, then later you can live like no one else. And I do feel like this has kind of helped to guide the way that we perceive money, the way that we perceive investments, because we have family um, who have all been very wise with their money. And we've been very thankful for that example. I know not everyone has that example, but Jesse's family, actually my husband's family, they have invested in rentals. And that's kind of where we got the idea to start investing in rentals because that became their retirement. And I love their story because they lived in a trailer home for years so that they could own it outright and buy another house and start putting that money toward rentals. And so they literally lived like no one else then because they said all of their friends were out buying boats and toys and all the fun things while they were in a trailer home when they could afford a different space, but so that they could really set themselves up for the future and live like no one else in the future. I definitely would not say Jesse and I have taken it to that. I wouldn't even say extreme because I don't think it's extreme. I think we've just been maybe a little more selfish with our money because we have enjoyed the finer things with flipping our new home, especially. However, I do feel like we're kind of stepping back a little bit so that we can feel comfortable and confident in what we have for our family. So I want to begin first and foremost by saying that scripture guides us in all of these decisions. And one of the most important things for us to remember is that our money is not ours. It is God's money. And we are faithful in um, tithing. We are faithful in giving generously. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver and our hearts are to give generously. And so for me, that's like, that's my joy. There is just nothing. I like getting gifts. I will take all the gifts, especially for my birthday. (laughs) Hint, hint, people. Just kidding. Totally kidding. But 
I I love to give. I really, that's where my joy comes from. And so, and Jesse's very similar. And so thankfully we both can do that together and enjoy that together. So for us, that's the foundation. We honor Jesus with our money. We know that our money is not our money. And so we tithe and it, it really helps us to say, okay, off the top, we don't wait and see what we have left to tithe. We tithe because we know that it is his and that he will provide and care for us. And he actually even, there's only one place in the Bible that God says that we can test him and it's with our money. It's Malachi 3.10 and it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. So he is telling us, test me, test me in providing. I promise to provide for your family. I may not give you everything you want, but I will give you what you need. And the stories that I've heard about this are so amazing. I actually have a friend, and this is the one story I'll share out of the many, but she was down to her last penny for her mortgage. They were struggling. Um, Her spouse had lost his job. They had a family member that was sick. It was just a really hard situation. And she received, she hadn't talked to anyone about this, but she called me crying because it was a miracle. And she said, I received the exact amount of money. It was like $384 or something, if I remember correctly. And it was from a phone bill that was years past that I had overpaid. And it covers to the penny what I need to pay my bills. And I just thought that was the most amazing thing. He does. He provides for us. He's faithful. And so for us, that's just really my encouragement is to be a cheerful giver, to remember that the money is the Lord's and to give faithfully to your church. It doesn't matter what the church does with it. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to give to his people, to his mission, to his ministry, and to be faithful in that. We are called to that, to live that out as Christians. So With that said, I want to talk a little bit about what we've done. What have we done with our money? How have we done it? Um, So much of it, honestly, has been blessing and people who have given generously to us, which has encouraged us even further. But I want to start with our first home. (laughs) We, um, Jesse called me and we weren't married yet. We were engaged. And he said, I want to buy this house. And I said, okay. I want to rent an apartment because the money that we have, he worked at Starbucks and I just started my first job out of college, which was very minimal pay. And I said, we can afford a way nicer apartment if we just do that and rent instead of purchase. And he basically just said, we either pay someone else's mortgage or payment or we pay our own. And so I pull up to this house and you guys spoiled Lindsay. I was like, no, I just, it was so bad. It was in a really bad part of town. We ended up being broken into like literally three months into living there. It had wood paneled like 70s walls. It smelled horrible. I mean, it was so, so bad. So it was a very, very cheap house. Like, I mean, way under $100,000 for this house. And we were able to work with somebody who was so generous with us and paid, basically just had us pay for the improvements in the house so that it was like livable. And and it, they made it beautiful, but they didn't charge us anything additional. And so we basically paid for that house. I think it ended up being like $90,000 or something and lived there for a while, got broken into, had some scares. <laughs> it was bad. Cockroaches everywhere. Oh my gosh, you guys but we sucked it up and we stayed for a while. 
a couple years and then we decided to sell. And over time, we had done a few more renovations to the house on top of what had already been done. We just kind of kept upgrading as we went and painted and stuff and then ended up selling it for more. So that money, it was really tempting to get that money, sell it and use it for something else. But we decided, okay, we want to put that money into our new house. So we put that as the down payment for our new house. So we moved into that house. It was move-in ready. It was not anything super fancy at all. It was in a beautiful neighborhood, so I was thankful to be safe, (laughs) but the actual home needed some work. So we just moved in and then did it as time went on. And I feel like that was the best decision we could have made because we could have poured a lot of money in and being like, this house needs to be perfect before we move in. We did door handles and hinges, which tend to be like the most expensive purchases. Have you noticed that? They are, if you've ever redone a house, it's crazy how pricey those things can be. And then we started doing like faucets and stuff. And then we eventually were able to save up enough money to do our kitchen. So you'll find with housing, um, my husband is in real estate here in Albuquerque. And so he's pretty familiar with this stuff, but you'll find that rates go up and down. And so you might buy your house at a cost. This house, the second one we bought was actually a foreclosure. And so we bid on it and we got it and we bid a low, low, low price. So as the market went up, we were able to sell it for a lot more than what we did because of the renovations we had done over time. We'd only put a small amount in and the amount that we got out was much larger just based on the equity of the home. So at that time, I also had started a 401k with my career and I will just strongly encourage if you have the option to do a 401k, please do a 401k. It is such a wise decision, especially if your company matches that payment. So I had a match. It was only a small percentage, but it's free money. If they're paying you, it's free money. And over the years, I was able to save up some money for the 401k and just kept it in there because you do get taxed if you pull it out. And so I left that job and kept the money in the 401k for a long time. We were still in our second home and we realized we wanted to do something with that money. Rather than pulling it out and having the cash in our savings, we decided to put it into stocks. We do stocks like um, Southwest and Boeing and some other stocks. And that money is scary because it can go up and it can go down. (laughs) And so watching that is kind of intimidating. But for me and everything I've learned from family is kind of it's better than just sitting in an account. And so um, that's nice because that money was technically just pulled out of my paychecks and was never really mine. And so we feel comfortable kind of investing it and, and working with the stocks to try to understand. And let me say, we are not professionals. We had no idea what we were doing, but we kind of just YouTubed a lot and just went for it and it worked out. And so don't be intimidated by that process because it's been very worth it for us. So then we ended up deciding to move out of that second house and we used the equity in that house to buy our third house. Now, there was some major disappointment along the way. We thought we were going to be building a home. And let me just say the Lord closed that door. We were getting ourselves so in over our heads. We were excited and that happens, right? You get good jobs, you feel comfortable and you get excited and you want to buy all the things. And we wanted to buy a very beautiful, way too expensive house. So we went through the process, you guys. If you were following along with me on my Instagram, I went through all of this with everybody. And so (laughs) you watched it happen. 
But we met with a designer and an architect. They designed everything for us. We have the plans to this day. I had every room from ceiling to floor designed and decorated. And we had this land that we had spent a good chunk of money on and more than our first house, just the land. And we wanted to start building the house. So we hadn't closed on this land yet. We were getting set and Jesse and I started getting cold feet and we were like, what? are we making a good choice? Are we really making a good decision right now? Because this kind of feels like we might be getting in over our heads. But we felt like we had already gone so far and that we would be putting so many people out. And Jesse and I are both people pleasers, which is a bad combination. And so we thought we were going to be putting people out. And so we just kept going with it, even though we knew it was not a good decision. And the Lord 100% stepped in. I cannot even tell you guys, there's no other way. There's literally no other way. And I prayed this prayer. This is the second time in my life this has happened to me. One was with an ex-boyfriend. Hallelujah, Jesus. He closed that door. Second one is with this house. I prayed the night before, Lord, I am too intimidated to back out. I feel like we're already in it so deep, but I still feel so wary about all of it. Please close a door if you feel like this isn't a good fit for us. Let me tell you guys, he closed that door. We woke up the next day, the day before closing. Okay, so I prayed the prayer two days prior. The day before closing, we get a phone call that says our sellers had terminated the land and that they weren't selling it anymore. Tell me that's not a miracle <laughs> because they were sold. I mean, the day before we were closing and we went up there recently and to this day, it's still not sold. And so we have no idea what happened, but we know for us, God really saved us from probably a big mess. And so I'm thankful that he humbled us and told us, you know what? You don't need that right now. It is excessive. And it was. And although I still have those plans because I want that house one day, if we can afford it, I am going to wait until we can actually afford it. So what we ended up doing is if you follow my Instagram, you've seen our flip. We ended up flipping our house, which was so cool. Um, it is not in a super fancy neighborhood. It is there. I mean, there's a lot of sacrifices that we make and it's not always fun to make those sacrifices and to cut corners and to be wise. But we know again, live like no one else now. So you can live like no one else then. And so, um, but we loved the home and it turned out beautifully and we were able to use the money that we got from our second home, which we lived in for about two years to put into this house. And so, we just gutted the entire house and made it our home while still being really wise with the choices that we made. I ended up getting subway towel for the front bathroom, which is incredibly cheap. I splurged on the items that were most important to me, specifically my kitchen. I was able to work with a company, thankfully, for furniture and stuff. So that helped us a ton. But there were corners that were cut and things that maybe we're seeing now we should have spent more money on <laughs> because the work quality was not the best. However, we're so happy. We're so blessed and so thankful for where we're at. But we now are in a place where that is just so important to us to realize like there's investment. These are investments that we're making and we're already kind of getting the itch to do it again. And I don't know if that's what the Lord has for us. Not right now for sure. But it's something that we've really enjoyed and it's been beneficial 
financially. And granted, not everyone has the opportunity to do these things, but I do think if we're willing to sacrifice some of the perks or some of the luxuries in our lives, we cut a lot of corners to make this house happen. We changed our lifestyle a lot to make this house happen. And so we're not just saying, okay, now we have the money, let's do it, and then still live how we want. We're really trying to adjust. And this is not to praise the way we are because if you all know me, (laughs) you know I love to shop and I love to travel and I love eating out. And so I have to really balance all of those things. With that said, I want to talk a little bit about our budget. If you haven't heard my budget episode, you can listen to it. It's episode five and it's called Easy Ways to Budget Effectively and Save a Lot of Money. And we talk about really practical things that we've done to budget in our marriage, to cut coffee costs, to cut our spending money costs and to hold ourselves accountable with that. It's really practical and easy to follow. That's something that we've done. And one of the biggest tips that we got from Dave Ramsey, which we follow him in his plan pretty consistently. There are some things we don't do, but most of them we do. And one is to pay cash, not credit card. This doesn't mean from us, we don't pay actual cash. It's just too much. But we will not buy something at this point if we don't have the cash in our account for it. And my mom taught me this a long time ago. And I learned the hard way in college because I was always in debt. And now we've realized we use our Southwest card. I'll link a link to the Southwest card because it's literally the best investment we've ever made. We've not paid for any flights since we've been married except for one, which was an emergency flight. The credit card pays for them all and it's just buying things that we normally would buy. So it's literally the best thing ever. But as soon as we swipe that card, we go back onto our account because you get the points right away and pay it off. So I know people have debt. I know that people struggle with student loans and things like that. But to the best of our ability, we try to not buy anything. And I think especially at this point in our lives, it's easy to be like, oh, we could go buy that car or we could. But if we don't have the cash for it and it's not really a wise decision, we hold ourselves back and choose wisdom and choose to honor Jesus in that. So we do try just to pay the cash for things, especially big items, just making sure you have all that money in your account before purchasing. And then also the savings account. So he said, start with an emergency fund. And we did. You start with $1,000 in your emergency fund. And that's just to make sure that you're taken care of if anything were to happen. However, If you have debt hanging over your head and say you have $10,000 in your bank, but you have $8,000 in debt, that means you really only have $2,000. And so that's something that we have realized is just because you have a credit card (laughs) doesn't mean you should rack it up. You do the $1,000 emergency fund and then you throw the rest of that money at your debt. Get rid of the interest payments. The massive amounts of money that you're spending on that is absolutely insane. And when you have the money, like if you have the money to actually pay those things off, you can rebuild your savings, but you're literally paying more money, more. So if you have $8,000 in debt, you're paying what? $200 of interest a month. So $2,400 a year, if not way more, that's just money. You're literally throwing your money away literally. So the faster you pay off your debt, the less interest you'll have to pay in the long run and you'll be free to rebuild your savings, which is amazing. So then once we built our $1,000 savings account, we started realizing, okay, we want to build this up. And Dave Ramsey then says, once you've reached that point 
and you are debt free and you have your $1,000 savings, then you save up enough money to cover the next three to six months of your expenses. So that looks different for everybody. What is three to six months of expenses for you? It seems like a lot of money. It is a lot of money. But if you're to lose your job or if something were to happen or you have a really big emergency, I mean, we kind of all saw with coronavirus and isolation and the economy, how scary and how quickly things can change and how we need to prepare ourselves for those things. And so those regular expenses, food, housing, utilities, transportation, what do you need to save up for? So that is what we've built toward is the the six months of savings in our account, which takes a lot of time. What also has helped us is to have separate accounts for savings. So we have an account in our bank that we have a debit card to. We have a savings account and then we have a separate business savings account. And then we have a different bank that I don't have any access to with a debit card. Even online payments are like kind of impossible with it. And so we put another fund of savings there. So that has been really helpful to us because that money has literally not been touched. And I'll just invest in it every few months and just put some money into it because it's just another form of savings. And then um, we started investing in rentals. And so this was a huge thing for us to start with. And it's Jesse's goal is to have like 15 rentals, which is going to take us some time. But we currently have two rentals. And we started that just by purchasing our first one and allowing we put as much money toward it as we could, like kind of any spare change that we had, we would put toward that rental and then having the renter pay it off. And then we were able to purchase the second rental and have the renter pay it off. So we're not paying any money. We're only profiting on those two houses. And that's just a passive income that comes in consistently now. And so there are many ways to have passive income. And that's something if you Google it, I would do a whole episode on it. Maybe I will. But typically they say to have like seven or eight streams of income at a time. And that's kind of hard to do, especially in like a nine to five job, especially if you're a single mama or whatever it might be. And so don't put that pressure on yourself. But there are things online as simple as taking a survey that will bring in some income. If you have any knowledge on anything, you can create a small 10-page ebook and sell that. Or you can sell things on Etsy, just DIY projects or whatever it might be. But creating those multiple streams of income gives that assurance. And that's something that we really want to do in our lives, which is part of why I do what I do. I love what I do, but I also do try to monetize it so that we can, you know, have the opportunity to continue to build up for retirement and for our boys and their futures and our futures. Um, And so speaking of our boys, and so speaking of our boys, we do for them, um, I get asked a lot actually about what we do for the kids. We have two 529 education accounts for them through Fidelity Investments. And we have our family contribute to it for birthdays, um, for holidays. And it's been amazing. My dad started them for the kids and he contributes consistently as well. And so having the ability to do that and to know that's kind of taken care of once they're finished with high school But I do know that we are putting away a lot of our maybe extra income that we would love to spend on pretty toys and cool things toward their schooling, toward their futures. And what Jesse and I have decided that we're going to do with that is basically tell them this is for schooling and then also for a down payment on your first house. So that's definitely giving them a leg up. Um, But we will not give it to them until we feel that they're financially responsible and able to utilize it. 
So we'll have a specific plan for it and go from there. But that's the 529 education account. And so that's pretty much it for what we do and where we're at now. We have, like I said, it's been a process of learning and unlearning and learning with money. And I am the one who probably struggles the most. If I'm honest, I really struggled when um, a few years into our marriage, we were paying off debt and loans. One loan my poor husband had to pay off was a trip with an (laughs) ex-boyfriend and he had to help me pay that off. He's a very good man, but I literally hated seeing just the little extra income that we had at that time going toward our debt, but he knew and he was so wise in that and just saying, you're going to be paying so much more if you're paying that interest. Like, let's just get rid of it and then we'll build up our savings later. So just working toward that. Um, There are apps that you can use like Truebill, which is amazing because when you spend your money, it will just round up to the next dollar and save that money for you. Um, And you can even have like set goals throughout the month of money that you want to save. And so it's just like the pennies. The pennies really do add up, you guys. And so just paying attention to what you're spending on and how you can invest in small, small ways. You don't have to have a lot of money to go into stocks. You don't have to have a lot of money to start paying off debt. Like just do what you can with what you have and live like no one else now so you can live like no one else then. You will not regret having a retirement account. Oh, that's my last one. I almost forgot. We do have an IRA account for our retirement Um, And that money goes in monthly that we contribute to our retirement. However, we do plan to continue with the rentals so that that is mostly a consistent retirement because once those houses are paid off, we can just sell them and that's money in the bank if we wanted it to be. So that might be what we kind of transfer over more toward. But anyway, I hope that this maybe gives some ideas. I know that everyone is in a completely different position than everyone else. We're all in such different positions But it's never too late to start and at least try and start small. Start by tithing. Start by being wise and faithful with your money and knowing that that is God's money and he can give it and he can take it away. And we want to honor him in that. We want to honor him by giving faithfully to friends and family who may be in need or who may just need a cheering up day or whatever it is that that comes first in our hearts and then the rest flows from that. And so I just challenge you all today, money is a very important thing and it is to be used to honor God just as anything else in our lives is. And so granted, I know that everyone's situation is different, like I said, and I want to be really gracious with that. But I do hope that some of these ideas will maybe spur you on to make a little bit of change in your life or just give you encouragement to pursue something that maybe you've been looking into. I love you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please take a quick second to screenshot it, share it, tag at Living Easy Podcast. Um, This is such a blessing to me because it helps others to see the podcast and the topics that maybe they can use or they can listen to that will help their lives as well. I hope you have the best day ever. Also, if you haven't had a chance, please head to iTunes and rate and review the podcast. Just do a quick star rating and a quick review. I love hearing your feedback. And this just gives me the encouragement to keep on going. So I love you guys. Have a great day. If you enjoyed this episode, the best thank you you could ever offer is to share the love. The simple act of taking a quick screenshot of the episode and tagging at Living Easy Podcast makes such a huge difference in this journey. 
If you're impacted, someone else might be too, so don't hesitate to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. Also, if you haven't already, please do scroll down from this episode to give a star rating and quick review for the podcast. It only takes a minute, but the impact is huge. Thank you all so much for your support. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast and at lindsay.myestis. Love you guys.